the Seeds You Sow podcast, planting seeds of applied knowledge, strategic change, and unstoppable passion. Coming to you live. How's everyone doing? This is the Seeds You Sow podcast, and I'm your girl, Aisha Tripp. Coming to you live, KUSF.org. I'm in the studio with my co-host, Brother Deacon Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing, Mike? Doing well. Glad to be here as always. As always, yes, you are. And we have another guest with us today who's coming back for the second time. Miss Ashley Alston. How you doing, Ashley? I'm feeling good. You seem like you're feeling good. It's Sunday. Ashley, I love how your voice is very calm and chill on the mic, but off the mic. Right, I'm, just, I'm noticing that. that. Right? Facilitative way. Yeah. You, you're coming on the mic all extra smooth. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's all like, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But off the mic. Time and a place. Time and a place. <laughs> I'm taking notes on that because I still come on the mic extra loud with it. Can I? You think I should try to tone it down today? No. Nah. No? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be Aisha. I would be like, hello, everybody. This is the Seed You Sow podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like we on KBLX. KBLX, yeah. <laughs> and also in the studio with us, he's behind the scenes um, filming with us, Emmanuel. Shout out to Emmanuel coming through for the first time. Woo. So we're he super is. excited. Dang, you guys. This is like our what? Sixth? episode actually i lied last time i know i said the last episode was our fifth one it actually was our fourth mm. so now this is our one two three four five fifth five is a great number we like to drink fifth what makes five a great <laughs> oh my bad did i say that you don't even drink <laughs> what makes five a great number I mean, I use. I feel like people classify things in terms of one year, five years, or ten years. So mm. I think about five, I think about, you know. Mm. I never thought about a that. Monumental year. Do you guys have, like, your lucky number at all? I don't really have a lucky number. Yeah, mm. I don't. I'm, I'm lucky, naturally. <laughs> I like number 34. Shout out to my favorite NBA player ever, Ray Allen. But he doesn't have a lucky number. I'll shoot, I'll shoot just like him, y'all. <laughs> Catch me on the hoop courts. My lucky number is definitely four. And primarily because I'm born September 4th. And I remember my fourth birthday was hella bomb. And <laughs> I had a bomb fourth birthday. Shout out to Thomas and Darlene Tripp holding it down, you know, partying since I was like two. <laughs> but I remember my fourth birthday was real lit. And I got that My Little Pony, man, that was real cool. But anyway, so four is my number. I like that number. And I'm also appreciating 33 now, too. The Jesus Ooh. year. Yeah, Jesus year's been good this year. Jesus so, year's yes. been good. Very excited. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. We are the Seed You Sow podcast, coming to you live every Sunday, 730 to 9, KUSF.org. We're super, I could say excited, but I'm also just very kind of, I would say, interested to hear my fellow co-host um, opinions and thoughts on today's show because we got a lot lined up for you guys today. We have our seed of the day, which we're going to be talking about social media, analyzing and discussing how connected or disconnected we are in terms of the technology we use. We're also going to be acknowledging an organization, a movement called Angels in Orange. Is that, um, That is correct. And you're wearing the orange pants. It was a sign. It was a sign. Yes. Oh yes, we're going to be um, acknowledging them today. We also have our weed of the day. We're going to have to acknowledge <laughs> yeah. somebody that 
I don't know if they need to be plucked from the garden. Maybe they need a, maybe they need some water, some holy water and prayer. Yeah, we going we going to acknowledge that. We also have our books. Yes, reading is good for the soil, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a hot, interesting, entertaining, fun show. We in the studio, we live, is lit up in here. I think in the future, we should, like, maybe, I don't know, keep it open with, like, people coming to be with us while, like, we're recording. Mm, I don't know, maybe we can go on tour one day. I like that. Right, and, like, talk to the people. It'll be, like, our own kind of, like, Oprah show. Like, hold on, I got the mic. Let me walk to the audience real quick. Like... (laughs) I will be our biggest fan. Yeah. Still. And then at the end of the show, we'll be like, you got a car. You got a car. You got a car. You know, it could really be lit like that. So, <laughs> could y'all imagine that? I can imagine that. If yes. we all got cars, too. Yeah. Y'all remember that song? Imagine that. That's another, like, kind of, yes. that's, a, that's like your voice right now, Ashley. Imagine that. Do you know that song? No. Y'all, Ashley ain't never seen Sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I probably have seen it, but I don't remember it. Like, I know the movie, the title, but, like, y'all don't watch movies. Well, that's because it's not on social media, you know? I'm not a big social media person. I just got a social media just this year to rep business because they say you can't start a business without having social media. And see, we can talk about that because, I mean, you can still have your business, but because people have done it without social media. So Well, it depends on who your targeted audience is. That's true. That's true. But you need to watch Sandlot, and I need to watch Insecure. So, so, I mean, I could turn on Sandlot tonight. Okay. I could turn on Insecure tonight. We got to both do that together then. Have you seen the Sandlot? Yes. You seen Insecure? No. Oh. <laughs> we can't even get on him because I can't even get him to watch an episode of Blackish yet. So, he can't, he can't watch no Sandlot until you watch the black shows first. I, I got to get viewers Black-ish. up. Recently? Just because I don't watch it Recently? every other day. Oh, gosh. Lord. <laughs> I don't even watch TV yet like uh. that. It's okay. We all have our different levels of, like, what we watch, what we don't watch, or whatever, but... I watch those Facebook videos. (laughs) (laughs) So does my grandma. Oh, man, I'll be on Snapchat. He banging. Oh, gosh. He's the most most entertaining of them all. I didn't know you on Snapchat. And I'm not on Snapchat. You on Snapchat, Mike? No, I'm not on Snapchat. I was just (laughs) making a story up. I was about to be like, what? And I, I was like, you knew me well enough. Yeah, I was about to be like, you barely on Instagram. I'm like, you on Snapchat? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lord. So, you guys, we're going to go ahead. We're just going to hop right into the topic. So, the official seed of the day is titled, Are We Connected or Disconnected? Examining How Social Media Brings Us Closer Together or Further Apart as a Community. Now, as I stated earlier, this conversation in terms of social media and it bringing us together or furthering apart as a community. This isn't a new topic. It isn't. However, what we're aiming to do with this discussion is have ourselves, as well as those of you who are listening, to think more critically about, like, your usage of social media. Even thinking about your timeline and history of it. Because now, for some of us, you know, Facebook will take you back to, like, 10, 5 years from now, depending on, like, when you first started or whatever. So we got to think about how it first was introduced into our life, what it was when we first started using it, what we're doing now as we're using it, um, what it's doing to our own individual lives, what it's doing as we're interacting and conversing with others. So it's a good conversation to have, and it's good to think critically about. Mm. Um, We got a few articles that we're going to be referencing today as well. Um, One article in particular... Um, by Forbes entitled Six Ways Social Media Affects Our Mental Health. Um, We also have another article um, written by Mark S. Luckle. Luckle? Luckle. Yes, sorry. 
um, discussing how black people built social media. So we'll also be having this discussion in terms of like the black community being grand users of these platforms, yet are we working for these platforms? Do we have any type of access? Or as Ashley had stated earlier, are we sitting at the table? Or are we even in the building? Um, so we're going to be referencing those articles. But I'm going to go ahead so we can just hop right into the conversation. Um, and I'm curious to know, um, just opening it up to my fellow co-hosts here, what do you guys feel like are some pros for social media? What are some cons for social media? We can start off on the positive end. We can start off on the negative end. But what are you guys thinking about right now in terms of, like, the pros and cons for social media? For me, um, I'm definitely going to start off on a negative end. <laughs> there um, are some absolutely positive things about social media and the power that it has. But overall, I think that other than it having social in the name, it has killed human-to-human -human contact. Damn, killed. And, uh, maybe not killed. <laughs> uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm being a little... I extra. mean... But it has severely hurt it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that so many... So many... So many parts of life are now lived through a cell phone screen rather than just that human interaction. Um, I do hikes all the time, and most of the time people are hiking not because it's beautiful at the top, but because they want to take a picture at the top mm -hmm. um, so they could post it. We go out to di we go to we go out to dinner with with our significant others, our friends, and the first thing we want to do is take a picture of our plate. Like the plate wasn't there; it's not there to take a picture of. It's there to eat. Um, and, you know, it's there for us to have some conversation over that that meal, right? Um, but we have lost that. Um, it takes away from, it, it allows us to feel like we're doing something positive when in reality we're not. So, mm. for example, when Black Lives Matter came out, instead of many people going out and actually marching and protesting with Black Lives Matter, they could like pictures on Instagram and feel like they're part of the movement. You didn't really do anything. Right. Um, so it kind of takes away from the responsibility to actually be a part of something because you could kind of fake it on social media and get accepted. Um, and it's just it's just crazy. I, I had a, a, a basketball practice yesterday and these kids couldn't go three hours without answering their Snapchat um direct messages without you know kids. being on being on their phone like legitimate um they cannot go without their phone for three hours of, of basketball um and i think that overall that is really a, a bad thing and it hurts our human to human social connection that mm. we used to have uh, on a far greater level and i agree with that but I think the one thing that it does do is it brings people together who may have not found the person they were looking for because of their proximity or because of mm. what related. So mm -hmm. I think I heard even on a blackish episode, like Junior, <laughs> he's one of the kids, and he's supposed to be like, you know, like the weird son or whatever. But he was like, I could find like these people who like this specific type of like anime or something that he likes, like mm -hmm. on online, and we could have a full conversation about it. But nobody in the house wants to talk to me about it, or nobody mm. at school wants to talk to me about it. Mm. And so right. I think that it does bring connections that otherwise would not have happened that I think that we used to do old school with like pin pal. Mm -hmm. It's like mm -hmm. a it's like an advanced version of pin pal where you can like filter faster. Yeah. yeah. I saw that episode. It's did, see, did watch that one. <laughs> did watch that one. Okay, well there's another one. Well 
It sounds like, especially, Michael, when you had said, like, in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, it kind of removes that sense of responsibility, per se, for a person. I liked it. I did what I needed to do. But just to, you know, throwing the wrench in the conversation, because I do agree with you guys. I totally agree. However, I think for some people, that that, um, ability to see and then be aware has, like, created some sense of awareness for people to get out and do more. I don't think everybody, per se, is liking, Mm -hmm. but maybe there is a grand majority that are. And I think social media, at least the way I've come to realize it, because I can admit, like, Social media for me has been productive, but it's also been very detrimental. Because I've had moments where I'm just kind of scrolling. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just mm-hmm. kind of looking at people's pages. And I'm like, oh, my God, a whole hour just went by. What am I doing with my life? So social media, can. It, I think the idea behind it was it's supposed to be a tool. It's supposed to be something that, like, we can use to advance or better ourselves. But it seems like instead of, as a culture, we're using social media, social media is using yes. us. Mm-hmm. Um, That's deep because I think back when you were just saying that, like, it brought a lot of attention to Black Lives Matter. They said that the civil rights movement wouldn't have gotten it started if, like, Matt, like, um, TV hadn't came to a thing. So, like, white mm. people up north had no idea that there were people who were, like, being hosed down with, like, fire hoses and so they started seeing these moving pictures mm. in their television screen. So, that they talk about that, I think, in my, like, media class, the idea of, um, of television and moving from radio to, like, visual representation uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, allow people to have more of, like, a, oh, my God, this is really what's going on. Because if not, it's other just like, oh, we only hear about these things. And then, see, then that, see, it's like the catch-22. It's like, where's the balance, right? Mm-hmm. Because then the other side to that is, like, we talked about this yesterday, Ashley, like, then it becomes a point where we're oversaturated with it to the point where it's like, dang, every time I look on my timeline, I'm seeing another visual of a man being shot by a cop. And there's no time to process, respond, reflect, think about it. It's just like you're just getting saturated. It's like constant bombardment where I don't even think like we as people are able to really process what's going on. We're just kind of scrolling, 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 and then we just normalize it. No, you're so right. I think about getting the alert today, like, oh, my God, CNN, 22 people were just killed in a Baptist church. And I feel like, oh, my God, I'm like, oh, that's, like, normal. Like, but what am I supposed Mm. to do? Or that feeling of, like, we were talking about desensitized, becoming desensitized to things. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm glad glad you two brought up the civil rights because I think that one of the other negative aspects of social media is that because you can get recognition so fast by using it, oftentimes movements don't have to do real planning and be really strategic about making a goal that then they go after, right? And so in the civil rights era, Oftentimes, because they didn't have social media, the people who were leading these movements had to sit down and really plan out what they wanted, what they were looking for, what they were going to do to get it. Everything had to be entirely strategic because they only had that one chance to to make some type to gain some recognition, right? And now I think that a lot of movements happen on social media and then they just live on social media and they don't ever really move out of social media. So mm-hmm. for example, I'm thinking of something like <laughs> in one of the articles um, they talked about like the ALS challenge. What was that AL? What's that um, stand for? Um, this is the ice. Was the ice one? Yeah, it was the ice. The ice um, bucket I, I'm challenge. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what ALS <laughs> is. Uh, <laughs> and 
and that's the whole problem right there, though. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's supposed to bring awareness to something, yeah. but we get so caught up in the the view or the thing it's that we've done. It's all about the ice bucket. It's all about the ice bucket and less about. Let's Google that. Go ahead. And then, like, so we do all these ice buckets, and, and yeah, you know, a considerable amount of money was raised because of that so-called challenge, right? But I'm not ever seeing any ALS races that came from that. I'm not seeing any um, groups of people who are collecting in major cities to talk about ALS and how people can deal with it and move mm. forward with it, right? It just lived on social media, and now it's gone. Like, ice bucket's over, you know, the drought came, people started getting mad because they was wasting water, <laughs> and now that, that, that movement has died. It has come and died on social media, and I think that its, its power wasn't really used. You can, you can use social media as a platform to gain power, but until you take it from social media and put it in the real world, it, it, it doesn't have what I think we're really looking for. Hmm. It's interesting how you say, like, it died on social media and it doesn't have an impact on the real world. And it really makes me realize how, like, I'm pretty sure you guys know this um, or have, like, witnessed it, how there's the social media world, then there's the real world. Yes. Mm -hmm. How you portray yourself in one way. Or even, like, it could be any... Oh, my God. It can even go into, like, personal life stuff. Like, I remember in grad school, the guy I was dating... Um, we were we were official, and then this one girl was like, "Well, it's not official till it's on social media." Mm. And so it's like, you know, it's like even things like that, like people, or even me and my friends have conversations in terms of um, like posting like pictures of your children on social media. You know, people do that because it's their lives, it's their children, they're proud of that. But I'm thinking, dang, this next generation, they didn't have a choice in that because our parents didn't have that. You know mm. what I mean? Like. Our parents' generation, you can graduate high school, you know, get married, go buy a house. It's a whole different generation back then, right? You know, you can get a good job. You had to, pitching. like, send in the mail, like, moving. Yeah. Well, here's my graduation photo. And you photo. wouldn't see people for, like, 20, 30 years or whatever. For the most part, uh, all of us sitting here in this room, if we really wanted to get in contact with somebody, it's really not that hard. You know? And it's... That's a pro, though. That's a pro to social media. Mm-hmm. The ability to connect... I feel like for me, okay, it is a pro, but I also feel like it can be like a con because it always mm-hmm. feels like you're always connected. Like even to the point, like going back to relationships or something, right? Like back in 1975, if you cut it off with somebody, cut it off with somebody. Now it's like, all right, we ain't dating no more. Dang, do I follow you? Wait, I gotta unfriend <laughs> you. Okay, dang, man, like I don't want to see your story. You gonna see I saw that? Like, <laughs> it's like this whole other level. It's like we're connected, but we're not. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, I was thinking like, how how deep is that connection though? You know, and, mm. and I think that um, thinking about that social media connection reminds me a lot of when I see people from high school, and there's that super surface level conversation like, oh, what you up to nowadays? Well, in reality, you don't really care. Right. The fact that you haven't spoken to me in the 10 years since high school means that we aren't really that close. And <laughs> it's, it's perfectly fine that you just say, hey, I hope all's doing well. Good to see you and then move on your way, you know. Yeah. And I think that that's what social media does is it allows us that surface level connection. Like, oh, oh you know, I don't really know what's going on in your life, but I see the pictures you post. Cool. We, hey, we cool. Like, no, it does. No, that's true. Because somebody who doesn't have social media like me, I'm like, I don't want to speak yeah. to them. If you really wanted to call me, you need to know my number. Exactly. You need to reach out to me. You need yeah. to already have a relationship. But I want to touch back on the point about 
Michael talking about like as it always go back to the black history but mm -hmm. they had to be strategic in terms of like making a movement right mm -hmm. he was like they had to sit down they had to plan it and a lot of people don't know that Rosa Parks was not the first person mm -hmm. that they set up to go to sit in the back I mean to sit in the front of the bus it was like some young girl named like Claudette Colvin and she got mm -hmm. pregnant and they thought mm, she's unmarried she's pregnant that's gonna mm -hmm. look bad for the movement respectability politics yeah. talk about that Ooh. Uh -huh. but again but like, the strategic behind like we have to move each other together so we need to figure out and talk about like what what's the best way to present this and I thought about it the other day because I love Scandal I love Kerry Washington <laughs> and like the episode last week was about like missing girls black girls going on like missing and they were looking for the black girl who's gonna be the poster child and it was like we have to find the perfect student she has to be an A student because if not the media is gonna tear her apart wow. but all of that is still being strategic in terms of like taking a stance for a cause and really wanting to see action and not yeah. just seeing like a hype. So mm -hmm. I like the fact of being strategic. You have to step away from the media yeah. to like have these conversations that we're having now to like create action. You can't just create action on your phone because create action on your phone usually is not going to go three, four. I mean, there's a couple people who like definitely take off, but yeah. in the sea of everybody else, it's like really like how we move together as a race in the past has always been we got to come together and talk Got to come it. together first. And that's great points you guys are break bringing up because the social media culture right now is, oh my God, I just saw it last week, like, it's reaction-based. It's mm -hmm. not response-based. There is a difference between responding and reacting. Reacting is like, you see something, oh, I'm just gonna just react on that gut impulse, right? I can see something, and instead of just going with my first gut impulse, let me take it in, let me re-Google that, let me research mm -hmm. that, um, let me take a moment to talk to some other people about that before I respond, but, Everybody wants to be the first to post. Everybody wants to be the first to be seen. I can't stand when, like, oh, my God, what is that guy's name that just passed away? R.I.P. Bomb actor. Vincent. I'm going to look him up real quick right now. Um, let me look up his name. Amazing actor. You guys know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, my God. He's so bomb. Hold on. I'm pulling up his name right now. Um, Robert. I always say it wrong. Robert Peter Williams is his birth name, but then he changed it to the French way of saying Williams, which is like Gilmy or something like that. I always pronounce it wrong, so I don't want to sound ignorant over the air. <laughs> but um, phenomenal actor. He um, starred in the role Benson. He's been in Broadway shows. Just He has like this very distinctive voice or whatever. Anyway, he just passed away, and somebody posted on social media, uh, R.I.P. to Jeffrey from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it's like, it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, if you would have just took the time to just re-Google, you know what I mean? Like, people don't know how to research, research, think. It's taking away that ability to be critical and to respond and to stop and reflect. Because the culture itself, it, it's not just social media alone. It's the culture. It's creating us to just be on, mm. on, 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 on. Like, we never stop and think, like, well, who's in charge of putting this stuff out here? And why do I need to know that? Why do I need to post that? It's so normal. Who's in charge of putting it out there? We were talking about the other day that yep. um, Facebook came out to say that Russia had paid for advertisements on Facebook that allowed for us to heighten the social, the racist, like, social climate in the United States. Mm -hmm. So they were posting ads around white cops beating black people to like to put a rise in like this. And with that article saying that 67% of Facebook users are African-American, now you have 67% of people who are online, who are African-American on this huge platform mm -hmm. watching these advertisements. Mm -hmm. Who's in control? Again, like, who's disseminating this information? And Facebook, for you to come back after a whole year, 
way after the uh, like way after all of this we have trump and we talk about it all the time though mm-hmm. let's go back obama they say got was elected because of twitter and crowdfunding trump was elected because of social media mm. and so like we go back to all of that it's like who has the power yep and yes we have power but at the same time when we think about it yes we have power you can control your entire page right but who has the power if at facebook there's 67 percent of black people but they don't have how many black reps do they have Thank you. How many black VPs? Who has a seat at the table? Yep. Who's saying, no, this is wrong. I don't think so. Like, who's speaking up and being that outgoing person to say, yeah. like, this isn't right or this isn't going to work? Or who's the fucking person who said that? <laughs> oh, my God, Russia's going to pay for this advertisement. Like, how did y'all like, how do y'all know this way later? Mm. Even with Twitter. Because Twitter, African Americans are the number one users of Twitter. We have black Twitter. <laughs> like, That's the thing, We're definitely, yeah. like, the consumers and the users, we but we're not the though. ones at the table. We're never, mm. the, we're never the, the owners. Black people, we have to do better. <laughs> I, I, got a, I got a little <clears throat> mini rant to go off of your um, reaction versus respond comment as well. And this has to do with uh, a lot of the men in this society that live on social media and uh. that... Um, like this idea of sliding in the DMs and uh, doing all this absurd, <laughs> uh, talking talking absurdly because you're behind a computer screen and the lady really can't see you in perp- in, per- in person is is really terrible to me, dog. And um, it's not only breeding a, a culture of disrespect because at that point you can say anything you want and it'd be acceptable um but it's also breeding a culture that is has it has a less a bit less of an ability to actually um treat a woman correctly right so you're re- you're reacting to this beautiful post that you see of this beautiful woman and before even thinking about well who knows if she's a good person, bad person, <laughs> anything in between. She's she just she's just sexy. I got to get in her DMs. And then you say something to her and she denies you and then you want to call her all these names because you can get away with it and you don't have to deal with the person-to-person contact. But I'm going to argue that that happens in person, too. It, it just allows you. Because I always say that. I'm like, why would I give you my number? You are literally getting at me on the basis of what you see. You don't know if I'm crazy. You don't have a good conversation. So why would I talk to you just because you're like, oh, you look beautiful? And what does that mean? That's a whole. I think it just it gave another avenue. It gave a whole other yeah. avenue for them to do it in. That but comes... that avenue, I think, is like number one priority in in so many of these young men's life now, though. Like it's not about. It's not even about. At one point, even when when we were in high school, Aisha was in high school the same time as us, y'all. And, uh, <laughs> no, wasn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm the seasoned when, veteran over here. <laughs> when we were when we were in high school, if you if you liked a, a young lady, you had to muster up the confidence to walk up to her and break the ice somehow. Yeah. You know, or like you had mentioned something earlier about like <gasps> yeah. you had to like write your number on a napkin and slide it to somebody, but it, it, it had to it had Notes. to be different though, you know? And you had to be direct. And now it yeah, <laughs> but, you know? but think about it though, y'all you're you guys are so right because people are getting married off of social media yeah. dating service. People we hadn't talk we talking about Facebook and Twitter, but we're not talking about the, the idea that people are like, you have to meet somebody on social media. I mean on a dating website now and I'm like nah I still think I'm gonna meet somebody the old school way but we know people we know people who have gotten married and have dated seriously off of apps and that's the other side that's the other maybe pro that's another pro too I mean 
like yeah there's the there's the negative side in terms of just let me slide your dm and then like you know some people have been able to meet on okay cupid meet on eHarmony. shout out to my good friend Catherine going to her wedding this july her and aaron story storybook wedding okay, beautiful you know what Catherine. i mean you know so it, it can happen it can work but i agree with you ashley i still have visions of coming outside of a bookstore and meeting a man like oh you reading malcolm x so nice. <laughs> uh, yes in this period ah african music plays in the background we both dance Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, but to each his own, it's, it's really just about balance. Yeah. Well, on the positive side with social media, you know, what I would say, I mean, even, okay, even for this podcast, right, we're going to use social media to promote what we're doing to get our message out there, you know, to talk about these issues, to connect with people that maybe we would not have known. But... There is the planning behind it. There mm-hmm. still is the conversations that we need to have as co-hosts, as people working together. There's a lot of thinking. There's a lot of reading. There's a lot of actual action mm-hmm. taking place. The so social media is a tool. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to be the only avenue because I think for all of us sitting here, we do value face-to-face interaction, um, talking to people. I, I saw it over time. I was a bartender and a server at the O'Hare Airport in Chicago. And I remember seeing, like, this slight trend, like, from... I was in Oakland Airport from 2008 to 2010, right? And that was during the time when smartphones started taking over because the iPhone came out in 2008, if y'all don't remember. And I remember then, like, you know, people were on their iPhones. It was, like, a thing or whatever. But then around 2010, 2011, there was the Blackberries, and it was becoming more of a thing. And I started noticing more and more, you know, I go up to my tables or I go up to, like, the counter, and more and more people started having their head down. Just more and more I started picking up on it. And now... It is a thing. Mm-hmm. Even to the point, like, I remember, actually, I talk to you about this all the time, like, back in my 20s, when I was, like, 25, 26, now I'm 33. And me and my friends used to go out, right? We used to have a good time. And our goal was, when we went out, we liked to dance. That's what we would do as girls. Like, we would just be out there just cutting it up. You just got served. You don't want to see us. We would <laughs> have a good time, right? Now when I go out every now and again, I know it's hell of people be on their phone. Mm-hmm. It's just the thing to do. But you guys, that's so true though. I think about Uber, sitting, sitting in an Uber. I was got in the Uber car on Halloween. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm gonna get to work early today, and I had a busy day. So I was like, I'm I'm just sitting here meditating. And the driver turned back. He said, You know, you're my first passenger in a long time to not be on their phone. Mm. And I said, You know, I'm really trying to be present and like meditate because I have so many thoughts in my mind right now. He was like, No, I think it's. It was, he was like, that's a compliment. I was like, oh, no, I appreciate it. I was just telling yeah. you, like, why? Because I'm usually in somebody who's on my phone. I don't drive because I think that I'm more efficient. I could text. I can email. I could do so much if I'm not having to, like, drive and be also be liable for the road. Like, that just is my big thing. Yeah. I could do so much more. I'm so more efficient if I can sit in the car and do all of these things. But I was thinking the fact that he said that, I was like, that's 100% true. Like, yeah. no matter where we're at, we're always plugged in. Sad, man, y'all. Even, like, and we're going to end this on a positive note, y'all. We are. We're going to end this on, like, something productive and positive for you. But <laughs> I'm even looking at this article in terms of six ways social media affects mm. your, our mental health. That was a good one. And we said it right before we went live. It's a drug. And the number, the first thing that pops up on here, it says it's addictive. You know, I've had friends tell me, like, man, I just turn on my phone and my thumb goes straight to Instagram. Like, wait, wait, wait. I ain't glad it's been like me too. You like, oh, right? Like, gotta get, gotta get, gotta get that graham cracker. Gotta get that graham cracker. Like, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So true. Um, it also goes on to state um, it triggers more sadness and less well-being, um, which is very true because it, it further feeds into, like, that comparison. Like, oh, Let's you know, talk about that. You know, like, oh, this person, they just got married and they got kids. Or, oh, they traveling. Oh, because, I mean, we all can present what we want. You know, everybody still got something going on, but it will trigger that, which will then cause, like, depression. And then it also will, like, um, talking about how we're not connected, it creates isolation in this form. My friend talks about this all the time, like a form of narcissism. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is my world. Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got Starbucks. <laughs> but no, it's so true. Okay, so let's go back to... Who has social media accounts and what social media accounts we have okay. or why we don't have them? Because I think that whole comparison thing is why I don't have them. So at 23, mm-hmm. I cut them off. 23, I had graduated from college. I was a year out of college. And in my entire year after college, I found myself consistently comparing myself to other people on mm. social media. Like, this person didn't go to school. I went to this really amazing school. This Like, it was constant and it was just eating me up inside at 23. And this is this transition year from undergrad to, like, adult world. And I was just like, I am. I literally told myself, like, I'm driving myself crazy being like, this person has this car and has this. But I'm like, I just graduated. Like, okay, you're going to post your degree four or five times. Like, mm. that just became so psychologically, like, negative for me that I was like, I'm cutting it off. When I turned 23 years old, I cut it off, which was, what, three years ago? Yeah. So in 2013, mm. cut it off. And I've never went back because I literally was like, all I ever found my all I found myself doing then was was comparing myself. And I think it actually propelled me to be so much more successful because I was like, I really want to be successful in my own mind and not on the social media world. And I look back now and I'm like, I don't have social media, but I'm 100% I'm more successful than a lot of people who I was comparing myself to three years ago. And that's crazy, Ashley, for you to say that. Because, like, for me, right, my social media usage came at a time when I went abroad. So it was in 2006, and I remember then, like, you know, my family's like, oh, my gosh, let us know when you get there. Because at that time, like, you didn't have, like, your smartphones. You couldn't get in contact with people as quickly. So I had to, like, find a cafe in Fiji, like, pay the money, and then I get online, and I would go on Facebook and MySpace, and then I would, like, tell my family I'm there. And that was, like, when Facebook, you didn't have status updates. It was only for college students. And you could do weird stuff, like throw virtual sheep at people. Like, it was weird (laughs) things you would do. And so for me, at 23 it wasn't like these constant updates it was like more of a way for me and my friends to like chat and talk and then it became that so I could completely understand like if I were your age at that time being exposed to it it would have been probably different for me too so it's very interesting seeing the timeline of how it changes too mm-hmm. and think about the people who were not able to cut off I think about that all the time mm-hmm. like, you were not able to cut off so you're still constantly like I'm trying to outdo the Joneses but like no because this is not reality. Half of it is not reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a personification of who you are on the internet. Yeah, very true. And there's still reality. Yeah, I think it's a great excuse for negative habits, like laziness, for example. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love how you said that because it's <laughs> Michael's yeah, going in. He do. <laughs> Say it again. Just I ain't gonna lie. This is like my last negative t- comment. And <laughs> no, then we're gonna go to some of the it was good, though. It was good. But I got, a, I, got a, I got a couple of rants about social media. I, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I when I was more much more active on social media than I am now, um, I, I had Twitter at the time. I found myself on Twitter when I should have been studying, right? And so it was like this crutch that I could lean on when I didn't really want to be doing nothing. Mm. And so I just go 
go to Twitter and, and, and use that hour to be on Twitter rather than actually completing my assignments, right? Um, so many people think so much about the image that you could put out on social media that they're not taking responsibility in their own lives to actually make that happen. So, you know, um, I don't got no money, but I want to make everybody think I got money. Ooh. So I'm about to ask all four of y'all in the room, Ooh, uh-uh. hey, can I... <laughs> hey, you got some money on you, right? Yeah, let me borrow that real quick. I do need to take a picture. Really do that? Um, yeah, people do that. Or or post their rent checks. I mean, um, they rent money before you, know, you go get the cashier check for it. Yeah, but or even um, like even even when when Ashley was talking about like if she should post her her degree four or five times. And my initial initial thought, not that she did that, but <laughs> my this is not a, anything towards Ashley. But my initial thought is my journey to getting a degree has nothing to do with me sharing it to the world. It has everything to do with me growing, with me learning who I am and finding my identity in this world and how I'm going to navigate through the ups and the downs of life. There's so much more than me to put a picture of it on, on Instagram so that other people can show me some love. Or um, maybe I'm not actively searching for good friends to give me that love in real life so i'm gonna look for it on instagram you know i remember a couple weeks ago my my older brother was in the hospital Mm. and he made a little joke about like man i didn't take that that sad picture of the uh, the uh the the needle in my arm yeah and the bracelet like oh i'm in the hospital so that i could get pity from everybody and if he had right he would have got all that pity and maybe that pity is all I think that pity and other emotions that you could get from social media are oftentimes what hold it, holds us back in our life. It's like this false feeling of acceptance and um, this false feeling of I'm doing something when in reality a lot of us are not taking advantage of the time that we got to actually do something. I think it's gonna be you know like when you're saying like that false feeling, I can agree I definitely because the real life, acceptance first within yourself that you if you have that within yourself then you will attract other people that will accept you mm-hmm. that is what's important but I wonder and I'm pretty sure to some degree maybe there are people out there who did feel accepted through social media or have felt some type of like saving moment when they didn't have anybody else yeah. out there for them mm-hmm. God bless those people but like I wonder over time you know what the research is going to develop and show in terms of social media and technology. Um, Like, I don't know, think back to, like, when it was the 1950s and 1960s when, like, you know, people were smoking cigarettes and it was a cool thing and everybody's doing it. Like, nobody's thinking about it. Like, this is what you see, this is what you're doing. And that's what we're doing, like, with social media. Like, nobody's thinking about what it's really doing. And Mm -hmm. then 20 years later, they're like, ah, your cell phone gives you cancer. Sorry, kind of saying that anyway. Because um, I said this before, like, when I was in Cuba, what I appreciated was the fact that we had to go out of our way to purchase an Internet card that was for a designated time. So you had to be mindful, thoughtful, and critical about, okay, I got to get this to, mm-hmm. you know, let my family know I'm here. And you had to go to a certain area where there's Wi-Fi. So I appreciated how their culture 
to a certain degree, was mindful of, like, the technology and the social media. I mean, people can argue another way, like, oh, that's keeping them oppressed and not letting them have True. freedom of the press or whatever. And that could be a whole other, um, a whole other conversation. However, I kind of feel like in this American society, the media and technology, we were given this, like, like kids in a candy store and we just gone buck wild because yeah. it, it could be something that could be so great and beneficial and good but instead like we taking pictures of our food like, there are good <laughs> things that technology and social media has done though Techno- the idea yeah. the technology that we use live Okay, now you get to you're sick, and guess what? Your teacher's going live. You get to watch your lecture from class. You're not missing mm-hmm. this educational piece. So there are, I mean, there's benefits. There's so many pros and cons. We go back to it of social media. Yeah. Um, or the technology that is behind social media. Yeah. That what are, what are some positive things you guys would say about social media? I think I'm able. I think about the way that I use social media. So I use social media, and I run it for College Track, and I think that. I never even, I like, I was like, I don't want to do it, but it's the way to meet the kids because they're millennials. They're the kids who are mm. in the social media. I could talk about and advertise scholarships and cool things that's going on in this positive college access world. So, again, these nonprofits or anything that's like community focused can give a voice to themselves yeah. and to other people. Other, I get, I think when I think our, or I see kids and people who like don't follow us, follow us and like things, I'm like, look at, look at the impact we have. Like, yeah. you, can, you feel like you have a further reach. I think that's definitely um, a positive um, space for like giving a voice to those that may have not have been able to have the voice before and creating that awareness about particular topics. But when you're creating that awareness, giving like the tools and the action to go further with it. Um, I would say one way that I I'm thinking back, like even to when I first started using like social media and technology, like for me, y'all going to probably laugh at me, but what is he? Oh, what? <laughs> social, I'm just like he on social media. I am. Uh, <laughs> I am. I am looking at social media right now, only to make my point about the positive, the positive things okay. about it. Um, <laughs> so what I was, what I was just looking at was my Facebook page, and the reason why I was looking at it is because um, I was thinking about, I was thinking at, at first. It, it was a negative thought in terms of how so many young people don't realize that what they post mm. sticks with them. Oh, right? Talk about so, that. That's a um, good. That's a good conversation. Yeah. So you know, you put something on social media, and you might think you deleted it, or you might not care to delete it, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, you're trying to apply for college, and the university is looking at your social media page, yeah. or you're trying to get a job, and your social media is. But how much is, of a norm is this going to become? Because I said this the other day yeah. to my friends. I said, y'all, I said, one of the kids like, you should run for president. I was like, that's cool. And in my mind, I was at work, but I wanted to say, I'm also that president who they're going to blackmail for smoking. They're going to blackmail <laughs> for sending nudes. But like, <laughs> how, how natural is that? Let's be, let's be 100% real, though. Like, how natural is that? Natural is what? Like, how normal is that? How much of the norm is that? To what, send nudes Send and nudes or, smoke, or send, do things <laughs> that people would, like, otherwise happens in these small private circles that now have happened and been captured mm. in moments. And whether you post the moment or not, somebody has that picture because now to take a picture is much more different than pulling out a Polaroid, getting the film developed, waiting for the picture to come back. Now it's a picture in, a, oh, in your media. Shout out to those days, man. Those yeah, that's days. in the cloud. And I was just with Danielle and I were like, I don't want nothing in the cloud, okay? Like, I don't want anything in the cloud. Who wants nah. in the cloud? It's not coming down. But let's think about that. Even if you are just, and I'm, I'm somebody who loves the gym, taking progression photos over the last two years, yeah. right? You're taking progression photos in panties or in bras and things like that. Okay, great. I back it up to the cloud. Who's to say that somebody isn't getting mm-hmm. to the cloud? Nah. They didn't got Target. 
they didn't got Russia didn't got Facebook. Let's talk about the, these nah. things. The the DMC got hacked before, you know. Let's talk about these things. That's How why. of the norm is it going to be? So I've said it, but I also was like, okay, and I think I'm gonna be just like y'all though. I'm gonna be the president. I guess it depends on the pictures. I guess it depends on the individual. Like, you're right. Like, as humans, everybody gonna do what they want to do. Some people be smoking. Some people be drinking. Some people be taking news. Like. <laughs> Me, personally, that's why, like, that's why I'm big on, like, buying physical books, like, because I like to, like, have things in my hands, and some things I'm not putting out on social media, because I don't, mm. me, personally, I'm like, no, nah, I, yeah. I need that for me. But, hey, you're right. That's a very interesting point. Like, how much of the norm is it? Yeah, but there's a difference, too, between the cloud <laughs> and social media, right? What? So, I think that... In terms but, of, but I'm just saying, in terms of somebody hacking, though, yeah. it's still uh, all, yeah, that can, these that are can still be all there, things. Right? It's not in my Polaroid camera, in my photo album anymore. My progression pictures, they're in the, the cloud that somebody Privacy basically yeah, doesn't exist. Exactly, exactly. Privacy. Yeah, but somebody technically, or I don't know if they, I don't really know the law. I can't, I can't sit here and act like I do. <laughs> but somebody technically had to do something illegal or do some extra stuff to dive into somebody's personal life rather than it being something that they willingly shared with the public but on social isn't media. isn't that what happens in politics? And isn't politics one of the way to way move to move the needle for black people? We always talk about it, mm. but I'm like, we don't want to do jury duty. We don't want to, like, vote. Like, then what... We're all... We're ran off of a, a democratic system. You have to engage in this if you want to be a part of having a change in this. And if not, Ooh. then you're just... You know what I'm saying? But let's talk about that. That's true. I'm like, yes, but, and that's part of the... That's the part of the nitty-gritty of politics if you run for politics. I'm not saying that, like, oh, I'm just gonna... Somebody's gonna send my new, but, like, somebody's gonna hack your phone. If they hack the DMC, why didn't I hack Ashley Austin's phone? Like, that's... <laughs> you talking about... Let's well, talk about the level of security. Well, I mean, that's part of the culture now because the culture is to share everything. Everybody's like, I gotta, I gotta be on. I gotta put myself on. I gotta be a platform. I wanna be a mini celebrity. Look at me, ha ha ha. Idolize me, my thoughts, my life. I matter, or whatever like that. So, the level of like privacy and sharing is very much blurred right now. But like, to go back to what we were talking about in terms of like the positivity aspects, we're gonna have to wrap up this conversation. Um, what positive ways do you guys think that you're using social media? Like, actually, you're talking about college track. What positive ways do you think you're using um, social media, Michael? And then we could talk about, we could wrap up on the question, too, in terms of, like, what do we think we can do and like to inspire and encourage others to balance that usage? Like, what do you think you could do differently to be more critical? But, Michael, is there any ways that you feel like you use social media positively, or do you see the positive effects that it does offer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, actually... The reason why I was I was looking at at my Facebook page, I actually like Facebook more than Instagram because it's more word based. But you you can do you can do more things. But obviously, you know I, I love words. Y'all y'all know that. Michael loves um, talk. I, 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 the English major and the African American studies major. Yeah. Um, but what I actually do like about social media is that it is a powerful tool that can be used if you strategically use it. So, for example, as I'm scrolling through my Facebook page, um, I do understand that people are looking at my Facebook page. This is the image that I am giving to the public. So because I understand that, I try to make sure that in my posts, 
I, ref I reveal character traits about myself that I love most and that I do want people to know and see about me and be able to easily experience that. So, for example, one of my, um, one of my posts here says, love is stronger than pride. Um, I have a post. That, <laughs> it is Shade, yes. Um, I have a post, and, and those that are in the room right now know how much I love and appreciate my mom. And it says something like, not all of you know my mother, but those who do will, will likely understand how four hours in the garden with her can easily feel like four hours with an angel. Honored to be that lady's son. So I think that post reveals something about my character and who I am um, as, a, as a young man, as a, as a son to my mom, that I do want people to see, right? So if it's used correctly, I think that you can paint a picture of yourself. You can, we talked a couple of episodes ago about um, writing our own narratives, that it can be a powerful tool to doing so if we are strategic in what we share with the world. Amen to that. Um, and I like it because I, I can see through your posts, it's like, it's about you, but it's a way for like to connect to other people so they can get to like see a better side of you or not the better side of you, but the authentic side of yeah. you or the way you want to present yourself. And even how Ashley was talking about like, you're mindful of how like our students at College Track are on their phones. Mm -hmm. This is how it's a way to connect and engage yeah. with them and you're meeting them where they're at but posting like positive things and right. like giving a voice to different community efforts and the organizations that are out there. Mm -hmm. um, I know for myself with social media, I've used it for campaigns. We didn't raise money with that. Shout out Indiegogo, $4,000, don't even trip. Donated Woo. money to the Ella Baker Center with that. Worked with the Youth Uprising Center with that. Um, but I know it for me, like I'm a writer. And Facebook, going back, go back. Facebook, it still has this feature called notes. So back in the day, sounds so old, I used to write like <laughs> mini blog posts, like about hella different things, like about how love is not just, you know, um, a word, but like an action mm. or talking about the Obama election or talking about like blackness, like giving, I remember I wrote this whole analysis on, um, what was that uh, Will Smith movie? where he was the superhero, Hancock, mm. and talking about like him being like this superhero and trying to find his identity was synonymous to black people trying to find their um, identity in America. Mm. And all these different like posts that I used to write on my social media would cause all these different conversations with the people I was friends with. And it would inspire me like more as a writer. So I've used my social media to connect people, to write about different topics. And like the way I'm using it now is like, oh, I've been posting pictures of my travels. I'm going to write a travel blog, you know? So I'm, I use social media as a way to like inspire people, connect mm -hmm. people. Or like when I see things like from people that are like doing things, I'm like, yo, Ashley is a, a part of a dorm. I know her too. We work together. Yo, let's bring her, have her introduce her to this person or let's bring Michael or let's connect this person. Like you see what people are doing and you want to put them in a real space because they can't live on the internet alone. But it's like that first step. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, that's, I think at the end of the day, like, we just have to reiterate, like, these are tools, people. Don't let this social media use you. I know the culture wants you to think that or wants you to, like, feel like you're in control, but I think everybody needs to take a step back and analyze, like, what social media is in their life and what they're posting and what they're doing. And is it anything productive? Is it mm -hmm. anything positive? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really feeling that reactive versus responsive comment that you made earlier. And as I'm speaking and as you're speaking, and I know Ashley's about to speak to it too, like the idea of being responsive and being thoughtful about what you do in your life is is big time. And mm. so we, we, we both just touched on, and I know Ashley is going to touch on that too, and she does it all the time <laughs> with our College Track page, but it's about being thoughtful as to what you give out to the world, um, both through social media and also through like your daily interactions, your energy, all, all that good stuff as well. But um, rather than saying, you know, oh my, my ex posted a picture with a with a new person, like I gotta post a picture with a new person too, or you yeah. know, rather than reacting and trying to put things out to the mm-hmm. world because you're reacting to certain emotions or feelings or whatever it may be, we have to be more responsive and kind of thoughtful about what we share. And so then, like the last. I guess question or maybe piece of advice we could leave to our listeners and the question I'm going to ask post to you guys and I'll answer it first and then you guys can go is what ways do you feel like you can be an example of using social media in a productive positive way where you're using it and it's not using you and I think my answer for that is making sure that I'm giving enough time and more time to the actual real world that I'm living in more than I am to the social media world. Mm. Like putting the real world first, where instead of thinking, oh, I just saw my friend and she posted a picture of her and her babies, cool, let me like it, let me actually give her a call. Let me, you know what, instead of like waking up in the morning and the first thing I do is check Instagram, let me check my breathing. Mm. You know, like doing different things that allows me to like make sure I'm still present in the actual physical world and the social media world, just check into it as like a tool and as like a mm-hmm. a separate thing, but not as like it's so a part of me. I, I that's what I'm gonna do because I know sometimes I gotta like kind of make sure I'm balanced. What do you guys think you guys can so do? So what I do is I don't have notifications on. Mm. I don't use notifications. I don't want to be that's notified unless someone is texting me or calling me, and that's I mean I just don't use notifications. Mm. Like do all. that. Like, there's no Instagram popping up. The, what I have as a notification and what I changed this year was Fox and CNN. I thought it was great to have two different type of, one conservative, one liberal, um, like, news base that gives me updates. Because I think that I don't, I'm not connected enough to the world because because I don't use social media the way that other people do. That's a huge way to disseminate information and news that I use CNN and Fox as, like, my notifications. But there are no other notifications that pop on my phone other than a phone call or a I text like message. That. I don't, yeah, so I feel like... That's yeah. one way you can, because then you have to actually, like, go to the app yeah. or go figure out if somebody, like, it's not just telling you that somebody did something. Like, I want to know. I don't want you to tell me what I'm doing. Yeah. I hate when my phone wants to tell me, like, maybe this is so-and-so calling. Maybe right. I didn't want to know that, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's really taking it away no, human thought. I don't, even, I don't even update my phone Uh-oh. when they have updates. Oh, she's getting mad over here, y'all. Man, I know. Sorry. It happens every episode, y'all. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah. Like, no, but for real, like, it's, oh, my God. It's Everything is automated. Let's talk. And there's beautiful things about automation because we're working on an automation system for like for applications in college track and just all these other things. And it's, it is. It's less manpower because now you can use your manpower to do something more efficient that's going to have a bigger reach. However, when you start automating things that you shouldn't have automated, like, nah, man. it's an issue. Nah, man. Like, oh. Yes, automate my, my fruit delivery. But I don't need you to automate fast food delivery. I always go back to the example when I lived in um, San Diego 
I got around and knew things way quicker because I didn't have GPS. Yeah, GPS ways you cool, but I kid you not, it took me longer to get to know Chicago because mm. I was on that app. So it ta- man, we talking about human connection. The next follow up is like it's taking away your brain, y'all. Mm. It's taking away original thought. Yeah, you could, uh, you could still, you could still achieve that. I should by uh, just taking the streets all the time. That's what I do. <laughs> but what productive thing are you gonna do to make sure <laughs> social media? I know. I, 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 got, I got a productive thing to do too. Okay. I also just want to uh, shout out Ashley for a seamless transition from facilita- facilitator voice to real Ashley back to facilitator. <laughs> Michael brings it out because Michael he doesn't it doesn't bother him it doesn't affect his tone at all whether I'm screaming or I'm normal he's like that's just Ashley yeah so he doesn't but shout out I don't you. mind shout it either that's why I was like why are you over here acting all smooth operated shot A like hey everybody this is Ashley like we know you girl yeah. you I do have a chill I do have a chill that's cool Ain't although it? my naturalness is not chill <laughs> But what is um, your Michael sorry. So actually 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 <laughs> to be honest with you, mine is opposite of yours. Mm-hmm. In that all of all of my posts are thoughtful. All of my posts are um trying to send out good energy to whoever's whoever's listening. I think that's something we do on this show often as well. Um and so what what I'm gonna try to do is actually be a little bit uh, use social media more because I am one of those people who tries to use it as a tool to share um, yeah. positive thoughts and positivity, right? So, for example, sometimes um, I don't post things because I think that so many people are mm-hmm. not looking to hear the message that I got to send. You know, I think we talked about this before where I was spiraling um, down, actually experiences this all the time. I was struggling, my energy was low, I was kind of frustrated with life, and I just need to get on my bicycle, right? And I did that, and I found this dope spot in Alameda that was looking right at San Francisco. And it was literally me right on top of the water and then San Francisco in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I took a picture of it, and I wanted to post that happiness can be found if you allow yourself the time to find it. Mm-hmm. But then I had second thoughts about it because I'm like, man, these people are on, on my IG and they just want to see cool things. They don't want to see nothing talking about happiness. Wow. They probably, you know, they over there like, man, this dude Mike crazy. He he, he weird. Um, all, these, all these negative things that people can say about me because I am who I am and I like to focus on the goodness of life. And so for me, I need to be better at just not caring too much about that and actually still releasing that into the world Um, and still kind of giving out that energy and sharing with people that life can be good. And so I actually want to go in the opposite direction and maybe use it a little bit more um, when I make the when I make these posts, which are not often enough about the Seed You Sow podcast. um, That is a very positive thing that I'm sending out into the world. But because I'm not very fluent or I don't use it very much um I oftentimes live too much in the moment and don't share these good things with people who I think need that message living in the moment is good though but it is good but um it's also it's also nice even if people um initially don't want to see it 
it's nice to st still give it to them. Though. And I think, like, the mindset shift that you should have, I'm just going to offer this advice, is, like, own just who you are and own the voice. Because, like, when I post, like, yo, I'm inspired, or yo, like, this... Because that's what I... that's When I do post, that's what I'm posting. I'm like, yo, like... I'm inspired today, or yo, like, we gotta think more critically about this. Like, I'm just coming from an authentic place, so either you can accept it or reject it. Right. And nine times out of ten, there's always gonna be at least one person out there who's gonna feel it. Absolutely. And that's what really matters at the end of the day. So, mm -hmm. just own that. And yeah. just be that. And, like, I think what's cool about all of us sitting here, even though we can't have moments like, all right, y'all saw how I was fumbling earlier with the, <laughs> the phone. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how, like, We'll do that, but we're still in the moment. And then Absolutely. later on, you'll take the time to reflect, respond, and but then reflect. Post. Reflect. That's how I don't, I don't think people don't take enough time to reflect. Even if you are a reactionary person and you don't respond, did you reflect? Did you think? My uncle and I were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Like, how often do we reflect? Yeah. That's how I like to do my posts. Like, I like to take my pictures, all that, and then I'll sit down and be like, man, what was this for me? And then I'll post about it. Mm. This works better for me. Some people are good with that, like, in-the-moment stuff, though. I'd be like, I don't know, y'all. We, we here. Now, sometimes I go back and delete it, like, an hour later. Like, that was just <laughs> at that moment. Yeah. And maybe that moment just need to be that moment. What's y'all moment, y'all? What are you reflecting on? What are you thinking about? What are you pondering? Now I feel like that Drake song, like, are you high right now? Do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> like, are we eating Cheetos? I'm I'm like, like, I like those Drake songs. Anyway, we gonna hop in. We was going in on that topic. That was like a full 60 minutes, y'all. Like 50 minutes. We typically are seated today is about 30 to 45 minutes, but it's a lot. It's we social media. That's the time we're living. We'll in. we'll come back to this, cause man, cause now I'm thinking about the ability to think, Lord. Um, so quickly, as you guys know on the Seed You So podcast, we have our seed of the day. We have our take root and give back. We have the reading is good for the soil. And every now and again, we have our weed of the day. And the weed of the day is highlighting certain people or issues. You know, every garden has their flowers. It has its <sighs> greens. It has its beauty. And then you've got your <laughs> weeds. And sometimes some weeds need to be picked. I think this weed needs a little bit of holy water. So <laughs> our weed of the day is actually pours a little bit more drink. Mm -hmm. is um, Tyrese, and I try to keep a... I don't know, Ty Tyrese has been interesting. I ain't gonna... I don't like to talk about people like that that I never He's met. on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, do you want to speak to what Tyrese did recently? Or... I can't even... I don't really know. He's on social media, There's though. So, okay, here's the <laughs> issue, though. Everything that he's doing, he's not allowing himself to reflect mm -hmm. and have his lawyers or his counsel or his therapist. <laughs> Instead, he's putting it on the media for all of us to, like, react. Too. Yeah, like he's so from my understanding, and please jump in, Aisha. <laughs> okay. Um, here's big picture blanket story. Tyree supposedly has some kind of like beat his child. He has a daughter, and supposedly his daughter's away. He's also supposedly broke. And so those two combinations of being broke and then you beat your child and you're a black man in white America who even takes care of their child, now you are, you have a double whammy. You're carrying around a burden. And then on top of that, you're using social media to put all of this on blast from being broke to save Shayla to Shayla Rocks, I think is the hashtag. Yeah. And it's just like, what if you just... Sometimes stuff happens in families, and, and things have been happening in generations for families. White, black, Latino, it don't matter. 
things happen in families. It's how you recover for them and how your family reacts to it and is able to move on and to, to grow as a family and as a unit. You can't do that with everybody in your business. And that is a bit, that's one of the main things before social media, though. When you have a big family issue, it's y'all family. Y'all got y'all to gotta get it. Don't, nobody, don't everybody need to, to be know about exactly. that. Exactly. And I think that's what it is. So for me, I'm like, at this point of the game, somebody who has this much notoriety, somebody who has this much, like a publicist, a lawyer, all these people that we don't even have, a state planner, <laughs> things that we don't even have because we're no. not even at that, like, level. No. Why aren't they getting you together? Because we have social media. Instead of emailing you, texting you, calling you, showing up at your house, intervention. What's going on? Let's sit down and talk about these things. You yeah. are a man of many resources. You talking about Jayla, I mean, Will Shayla. and Jada Smith then gave you $5 million. That's a man of many resources. I don't have any friends who me $5 million. <laughs> I, sh- I will loan you $5,000. $5 million? I can't help you, boo. Hmm. Hey, one day we'll get there, though. You know what I mean? But at that point, we'll just all be contributing. We want exactly. the loan. Exactly. Let's talk about where we'll be at in that, in that mindset and, I, and, the, and the, the resources you have to get through stuff like that. All I can say is, Lord forgive me for saying this, but this video I saw of him, it just reminded me of, like, a scene from Baby Boy. It was just bad. I was just like, is this real? Like, <laughs> are you? I don't know. I'm not going to knock anybody's pain. I'm not going to knock anybody's struggle. But I think we're acknowledging this as the weed of the day, just in terms of how it's being mm-hmm. done. Like what you said, like taking it all to social media, like take it to a therapist, take it to the Lord, take it to the altar. Maybe in two years from now, he'll be singing Never Would Have Made It. Who knows? But <laughs> but take don't take it to social media because social yeah, media is not a doctor. No, social media is just going to make a fool of you because that's what everybody's doing. Mm. It's just adding it's gonna more. It's going to meme you. Yeah, it's just, everybody just will just take it. And not, I think for us here at the Seed You So podcast, like, we're definitely not, like, trying to, like, take this man's character down. It's just, like, reflective of, like, yo, blood, get some Too help. much on internet. Because I said it yesterday yeah. when I heard about, you know, Shay- the hashtag Shayla Rocks and his daughter beat, I mean, him beating his daughter. I said, well, what did she do? Did she send a nude? What did she, what did she do that even made her feel like he needed to give her a whooping? Like, yeah. let's back up. You know, I was trying to be on his side, but the yeah, fact that was. this is all playing out on social media is not necessary. It's not the proper place. Think about if some of our most painful, like, life things took place on social media. Think about how much more painful that would be. I'm just thinking about some stuff I've went through in the last year. Imagine if that Tell played out that. on social media. I mean, that's, like, the culture, too, though, like, with the magazines and stuff that we see. Like, oh, so-and-so broke up or so-and-so cheated. Like, why do we need to know that? Why are we a culture that gets so much pleasure off of that type of negative drama. I don't, mm. That's why I can't watch half of these reality shows. My head starts to hurt. I'd be like, I, I, oh, y'all see my face? I'd be like, I can't, I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. But it's like, that's what I was saying, like, watching this video of him. Y'all you know, see this, like, pause video? It's just like... No, you, yeah. And also, like, video. you know yeah. what's like... I don't why? know. Why? Why? I'm not active enough on yeah. social media to see the video. We gonna call this weed of the day. He just needs some holy water and a prayer, and we hope he gets it together. Somebody and, pulls the weed, yeah, and pulls that out of him because you know, so she, you know, Tyrese made sweet lady, sweet lady. He also did uh, Ooh, I was horoscopes about to see him right now too. We just gonna get the duet going. Would you be mine? Oh uh, no, no, no. <laughs> sweet lady. Older crew, younger crew, Emmanuel. You, you sound too you good. Got, you got mine. <laughs> you sound too you good. You all know sweet lady. No, we know sweet lady, but I was like, he also did like horoscope and manual. Oh. That was generational divide, listeners. And wasn't the girl in Sweet Lady? Oh no, I don't want to talk about that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was my eighth grade, 1999, y'all. Throwback. And that other song, 
Oh, wait, how did it go? Have I told you I loved you? Come on, y'all. <laughs> Have I told you you still mean the world to me? Oh. <laughs> See, Tyrese had those. He did, he and did. now he's just tripping on social media. Man. Maybe he had the right people in his corner. I think we just lost a couple followers on social media. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you trying to hate But social media, no, is hating no, think about it. Think about it. Remember, I think about. Let me tell you, the whole Usher thing. Usher got herpes or syphilis, whatever her she Usher had supposedly the last couple of months ago, oh, right? God. Imagine if he would have came out on social media and said something. It'd have been much more. But you let things die out. But when you give them a voice on social yeah, media, feed that drama. You feed it. You're giving. You're, and people you're want giving that. It food. You're they're just. Food. There's people out there just laughing and feeding off of this. So, Tyrese, we gonna pray for you. And the weed mm-hmm. is more so mm-hmm. just like the social media behind it. Like this is not the platform. Talk to your people, people, the people that know you, and get the help you need. And hopefully, he can be with his daughter and get it together. We're gonna keep it pushing. We're going to the next segment of the CG So podcast, which is, this is awesome part of the show. I know I always talk about how reading is good for the soil is my favorite part, but this part of the show is super awesome because I just love acknowledging the people in our community that are actually taking root and giving back. And Michael, just thank you so much for bringing up this organization we're about to talk about because it's so fitting because it's going to be talking about the Sonoma fire, something that was on social media, something on the news, something that was trending. But there are people that are continuously working against like the tragedy that happened and are still giving back. So Michael, go ahead and acknowledge who our take root and give back organization is of the day. Yeah. Um, unofficially, the name of this organization is the angels in orange. Mm-hmm. And what this organization is, is It's a convict crew of firefighters that's run by the California Department of Correction and Rehabilitation Mm -hmm. and in part by Cal Fire or the Los Angeles Fire Department for Southern California. And they, during these uh, crazy fires that were happening just a a while ago, had roughly 4,000 inmates a week fighting fires, including 200 of those inmates who are women. And the reason why I want to highlight this this program is uh, one, I think that we really need to rethink our so-called uh, Department of Correction and Rehabilitation oh, into actually doing that for people. And this is one program of very few that actually are doing so. Mm-hmm. Um, you're taking an inmate who is someone who all these inmates, I should say, all these inmates are in for nonviolent crimes. So a lot of them may be drug offenders, stuff that happens from low self-esteem. And you're taking them from a person who is relying on something negative to give them that self-esteem, and you're turning them from a nobody to a hero. Mm. Because now these people are fighting fires and saving people's properties and lives alongside actual firefighters. And then what makes this program even more exciting and cool is that these, these people are actually learning skills to become a firefighter. That's what's so that. after their time in prison, they could go out and become a firefighter because they have the skills to do so. Um, so here we are talking about one program who actually does rehabilitate and does put a person in a position where they can feel good about themselves and what they do and what they bring to society. 
And also shout out to them for they they get they get paid a super super small amount of money, but shout out to them for just being heroes mm-hmm. and just stepping up to fighting these fires and saving people's lives and properties even though they are in not the best situation right now. Yeah, one of the quotes that I saw from the article or one of the other different articles was from an inmate Um, It stated, I think the best part is when you get off a shift and you're cruising through the town and there are little old ladies or little old men, little old men, going up to you saying, thank you, firefighters. So it speaks to what you were just saying. Like, it reinstills, like, that worth, that value. You know, I'm not just an inmate or a convict. Like, I am a human being. I'm Mm -hmm. a part of this society. I can contribute. I am giving back. They see me for more than just, like, a number. Yeah. Um, that's powerful. This is, it is. amazing. What Man, this makes me think about changing my book for the day. Oh. Because I just keep thinking about Michelle Alexander, the new Jim Crow, and thinking oh, about... Oh, we, we yeah. definitely... That's a great book. Yeah. I think you should do it's that. crazy. And I noticed that with the Angels in Orange, it comes out of the Delta... The training is through the Delta Conservation Camp, number eight, which is in... Um, Susan City, which is up in Napa and Sonoma, um, which is awesome and great. And, like, it's really inspiring an idea in terms of us having a conversation on the Siege You So um, with incarceration in America um, and thinking about, like, who are the people that are being targeted, mm-hmm. which, as we know, are black communities or the prison to um, the school to prison pipeline. So we, we're definitely going to do a follow-up episode because I'm glad you brought up this organization uh, Michael, because also, too, with the um, the fires that happened in Sonoma, even though at one part of the week it was something all we saw on the news, ain't mm-hmm. nobody talking about it now yeah. at all, except for maybe the people that are now rebuilding their homes or picking up things from scratch. Like, the fire happens. <laughs> there's the aftermath that happens after that, too. Why aren't we talking about that? I mean, that's what happens mm-hmm. in social media. I think about why everybody got quiet about Puerto Rico. People get quiet about everything. Why yeah, everybody get, Puerto Rico is struggling right now. Too. Why everybody get quiet about Houston? Mm-hmm. But then, as people, what are we supposed to do again? Like I said, mm-hmm. we talked about it, Aisha. We become desensitized mm-hmm. to things. Mm-hmm. What are we? What What are you supposed to do as a human being? What are we telling our listeners? What are we doing? Yeah, That's a good question. I think what we're doing in our day to day lives is we're being an example within our given circles and let it be through the high school students that you guys are currently working with, the ones that I worked with now volunteering, or the students I work with here now at University of San Francisco. Our day-to-day lives and the movements and examples that we lead lead are part of that movement. Um, And we're not being passive. We're not being stagnant. And I also think that as we... There's, like, small things that we do that have a big impact. And within those small things, I think we're thinking more strategically about, like, the bigger movements we can have. Because even with this podcast, I don't want to keep it just here in this room. Like, last week we were talking, like, remember I was, like, saying, yo, how dope would it be if we had these conversations in a big setting and if we broke up into small groups and had, like, facilitators and we all, like, did activities and stuff. Because talking about it and getting people aware, there's a lot of power in that. Especially I'm noticing, like, with the men and stuff. Like, I was joking with them because it was TJ, Michael, and Damon. And they were just so vocal about everything. And it's like, yo, because of the culture, we're not connecting. We're not talking. We're not really listening to each other. So I think in our day-to-day lives and the way that we carry ourselves, we're being a part of that movement. But I also think that we're also 
planting seeds and planting bricks to like build a bigger movement. Mm -hmm. And we're definitely not passive because none of us sitting in this room come from people, our legacies, the people that came before us weren't passive people. Because the way Michael talks about his mom, the way you talk about your grandma, your family, all of us here come from people that poured greatness into us. And us, too, we're doing that to, like, the next generation and to each other. Mm -hmm. And we hope you guys listening out there, too, are being inspired. You know, like, even the way we just handled that Tyrese conversation, we could have done that a whole different way. (laughs) We could have been like, yeah, (laughs) you know what I mean? But it's like, Mm -hmm. we we trying to be positive with stuff. Not trying, we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, shout out, shout out to those those prisoners. Um, shout out to a program that's putting prisoners that's in, the, in the good. right place to, yeah. to feel good about themselves good. And, and what they and what they bring the world. I just had just real quick. I just had a flashback when we did the radio show when I was in grad school. It was the Velvet Rope Radio Show, and I was teaching at the time at the Oak Hill Correctional Facility. All of my um, students were all black men. The youngest, the youngest had to be like 18, and the the oldest was like my father's age. And as I was like, you know, it was an African American studies and creative writing course. And as I'm talking, one of the students, <laughs> they was JT. He was like, I know your voice, Velvet Rope Radio. <laughs> so random. That's crazy. And so they they had nothing else to do but, but to, to listen, listen. Mm. and they soak up. They took they so much. They become so educated much. in jail, usually, in prison. L- literally the best group of students I ever had the chance to work with. But it's also because they've broken you down where you have nothing else. Exactly. You don't have no social media. You don't have no money. You don't Why have autonomy. It... You don't have a freedom. Why you barely can think. Why does it take that? And it's true. Why does it take that, though? I don't know. <sighs> Man. I was sweet as the like to be in uh, shout out to the boys doing good things. We trying to end on a positive. Thing. We trying to be. We trying to be cool. Michael's just mad because for the second time throughout the seed you sow, there's majority girls. Finally, there's just uh, an even. Like it just. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It whoa, just whoa. never this feminine in- energy. I've been holding it down. I know you hey, do. Correction. I am absolutely happy. I know you are, but I'm just case. saying. I am. I am not mad at all to be sitting in between you two wonderful ladies. Um, and, and learning from y'all and listening to y'all. But I just want to make sure we in this segment in positivity. Oh, we like, are. We are. It's all positive here. We were t- yeah, so the right. person oh. who starts off with the with the cons of social media. Oh, he was going in. Was, but yes. But I, I but I talked about the tools of it later, yeah. though. You know? But yes, I sh- shout out to the Angels in Orange. Um, and through the, the website I'm reading, trained by the Delta Conserva- Conserva- Cons- Conservation Camp. Lord Aisha, get it together. Um, it's okay. We're going to hop right into our last topic of the day, which is, I guess, still my favorite topic, which is reading is good for the soil, a.k.a. the soil is your mind. We definitely here always advocating, read a book, pick it up. If you ain't going to read it, get the audible, man. Just listen to the audio, something, even get some with pictures, you know, get a, a graphic novel, whatever it takes. Reading will save your mind. It really creates the ability to have critical, original thought and reflection. And it allows you to still, like, interpret something for yourself. So, 
Um, we have three books today, and I'm looking at my co-hosts who are using technology to review the books that they're going to talk about. And I'm excited because Ashley, I'm like, what is she going to talk about now? What is she going to do? She didn't went everywhere. Ashley, we're going to start with you today. What's 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 your book? I'm going to do Life in Overtime. Life in Overtime. Oh. Um, you can pick it up at lifeinot.com. And it is about Tia Rogers. And as we're in San Francisco, she's from Bayview Hunter Point, which is where one of the college track sites are located within the original projects of San Francisco. And she talks about her journey to and through Cal as a basketball player, as a young basketball player growing up in the projects, as a female, as someone whose father was core to her, but father was shot and killed halftime of her high school, one of her high school games. And he was a community activist, um, drug dealer turned community activist in the the, the book is not only an easy read. When I say an easy read, somebody in fifth grade could read this book. Um, but it also has so much positivity, and it brings so much light to what we don't talk about a lot is father and daughter relationships. Um, mm. And also um, what it means to, like, defy the odds in the projects or in the community where hopelessness exists. And this is not mm. only one of somebody I had the chance to be my roommate, but also a really good friend of mine. And Life and Overtime is a great book. Oh. I, I really say, like, pick it up. She came and talked to some of our students about dreams and what happens when a dream is deferred and how you be resilient. Oh. Um, because she has had one of the stories. Not only did she go on to play basketball at Cal, but her freshman year fainted. I know she had a real heart, a rare heart disease, can never play basketball again. And this is somebody who was ESPN top high school player in the world. Like, ranked, like, top five. And so to think about her journey and think about this book and also be like, this is somebody I know. This is a black woman. There is so much to, like, just give credit to. I love um, that. So Life in Overtime, lifeinot.com, $20 books, great book, personal person. Such an easy read, like, such an easy read and just has you, like, in the emotions of the book. Love that. Support y'all local writers, too. Yes. Please. Definitely agree with that. Michael, what is your book for the week? The book that I'm going to highlight for this week is a book that changed my life, as oh. many many books do. Oh. <laughs> um, but this one especially, it is entitled Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And this book that he wrote is chronicling, chronicling his experiences as an Auschwitz I'm sure I said that incorrectly, but... Auschwitz? Auschwitz. Auschwitz, yeah. Concentration camp inmate during World War II Mm. and describing his psychotherapeutic method, which involved identifying a purpose in life to feel positively about and then immersively imagining that outcome. Um, According to Frankel, the way a prisoner imagined the future affected his longevity. Wow. Um, What I found as most striking in this book was that here was this gentleman who was put in as worse of a position that you could ever be put in on this on this planet. And yet he still found the he still had the energy and uh, found the integrity to see the good in people. So in this book, one of the things that I remember very well was he talked about one of the um, Nazi doctors who spent his own money to buy aspirin for some of the Jewish um, prisoners. And even though I think that as, as a whole society, we would probably still look at that doctor and say that he was a part of one of the most atrocious atrocious things that ever happened in 
the world, this prisoner was able to look at that man and see the goodness in him. Mm. And um, when we're talking about our own lives and our own struggles that we go through, if we find the capability to see the positive things in our life, um, our life is going to be seriously affected by that. So um, I learned a lot from this man. It put my life into perspective and it allowed me to transition into making sure that I interpret the positive aspects that come from every experience, whether initially the feeling from it is positive or negative. Amen to that. I got a lot of like power out of thinking, like the power of our thoughts and what we shift our perspective to. Absolutely. Both Mind is a powerful thing. It is. No, you really can't. Yeah. Prayer I say daily is, God, renew our minds, protect our hearts, and strengthen our spirits, man. Mm. Real stuff. Amen, sister. Feel it. All right, Deacon. Okay, sister. <laughs> Deacon over there. All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you so church. <laughs> I'm going to start playing Marvin Sapp at the beginning of the show. Never. <laughs> we actually had a moment yesterday in the car. <laughs> we was going in on that Marvin. I lube. Okay. Um, so the book I'm sharing today, and I really want to meet her. And she's coming to Emeryville next month, but it's for a private event. The author. Go. I, I call her. Well, it's private. I don't know. If I, wanna, you know I don't know. I got to figure out how to get in. Um, I call her my Caucasian godmother. Yeah. <laughs> um, Caucasian. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, this book changed my life. Mm. I read it about three years ago. And the book is entitled The Gifts of Imperfection. Let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. And it's by Brene Brown. Um, I would suggest that you guys look mm. up her TED Talk um, Brene Brown, The Power of Vulnerability. And this is part of a three-book series where there's also Daring Greatly and um, Rising Strong. But this book within itself, she is an expert on shame, authenticity, and vulnerability. And I just, this book is just basically, it's a nonfiction book, but it's talking about the power of, like, owning our stories, being vulnerable, understanding shame, understanding fear, thinking about it and talking about it in a critical way. She calls herself a storyteller. And what I love about her and her writing is it's this good balance because she has a PhD in all social work. So there's a good balance of like the actual critical facts, the academics, like this is coming from actual research, but the other part of it is there's a lot of human element too. So it doesn't feel too like I'm caught up in this academic world, but it's like we have the facts behind this, but we also have the human element behind it too. And her writing and her approach, it's so personable, it's so real, and it really places you on this path of just like, why do I feel the way do I feel? Where does this come from? How do I overcome that? And really just becoming more comfortable in your skin and breaking down shame, breaking down fear, and really becoming your better self. Mm. Um, and just owning that and accepting that and being free in that. Yeah. And I learned a lot from her book. I learned a lot from her talks. I watched all the stuff on YouTube. I read all three books. And I told, my, um, told Ashley and Michael on the way over here with this first book in particular, 
I've literally already bought three copies. I've just given them to people I knew. I gave it to my aunt, I gave it to Joelle, I gave it to Jamie. I need to go rebuy this book because you, you get it and you just want to give it to somebody else. Like you hear what they going through, like, yo, own yourself, free yourself, love yourself, read this book. It's we awesome. need a book club. We do need a book club. Dude. I mean, we do podcasts on Sundays, but we should also do book club once a month. I mean, so once yeah. a week. Once a month, for sure. So when you yeah. buy that new one, can you uh, give it to me? Sure. I mean, like, so yeah, it's, it's, it, and I definitely agree with book club, and we need to agree as a podcast, like, I, I already told them, but I think we're just going to go ahead and do it. Bell the Hooks. one book, The Bell Hooks, should be Woo! our collective book that we should read as a... a, as a this theme. other one might Shout be a balance. Brene Brown. But hey. Brene, let's Brene. Hey, with a name Wait. like Brene Brown, I know you are honorary sister. Oh, I love honorary. Michael for saying oh that because I was about she? to say that. Oh my Where God. on the spectrum is Brene? Brene. Brene Brown. <laughs> Shout out to you, sister. I thought, hey, she's, you my ca- she's my Caucasian godmama. I feel her, though. Did she change her name, though? Because we're gonna have real issues. I don't, and she and she has the apostrophe over the e, mm. and she's badass yeah. with it though too. She is, she's real. Bell hooks okay. is bad. Lowercase my name and still give me respect. Right. Brene Brown, shout out to you, honorary sister. We gonna we gonna get all these authors on our show. We gonna have Paulo Calejo on here too, Ooh. man. Ooh. Ooh. Speak it into the existence. Yes. We gonna have that cool author named Michael Waller on here too. Oh, yeah. he's already on here. All right. Oh, we gonna have that, that writer Aisha Tripp. Oh, wait, she's on here too. Oh, you really are a writer though. Shout out to Aisha Tripp. She's my favorite writer in the world. <laughs> plays. People buying plays and stuff. Universities want to put on her plays. Don't even trip, y'all. T R I P P. Let's all go around and state our books one more time for the listeners. All right, Life in Overtime by Tierra Rogers. Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl. The Gifts of Imperfection. Let go of who you think you're supposed to be and embrace who you are. Brene Brown. Read, audible, get the book, though. Just read a book, y'all. Because, I mean, you got to think about it. Our people couldn't even read before. I said, Ashley, this is why we're sisters. I say that all the time. Stop reading posts and read a book. <gasps> Ooh. Stop, Amen. Stop reading posts and read a book. I love that. Because that's what I'm thinking about right oh, yeah. now. Is that's got to be a new hashtag. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Y'all, we be turned up in here. Y'all should come join us. <laughs> I think we got to pour one last round of wine before we finish up the podcast. It's been a great Sunday. Yeah. Um, a great Sunday. And as we wrap up the show, as we do every week, let's wrap up on... One word, because on our Instagram page and our Facebook, we post a seed of the week where it's something for you to reflect on, not to respond, but to reflect. Oh, something's going on with the connection. Okay. Do you hear that? Mm-hmm. Yes, did the, maybe somebody's mic thing came out? No, it's the mic, I would imagine. Okay, it's okay, we're wrapping up, people. I think we're good. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, we wrap up with a, uh, a word of the day to kind of sum up how we feel and to sum up. See, the devil is a lie. You ain't going to mess it up. Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> um, we wrap up in terms of like a word that sums up like how we feel and sums up the episode. I haven't even thought about my word. Mm. But does anybody have a word they want to wrap up with for our users? I'm going with blessed this week because there are so many blessings I've had this week. I like Some that. are told, some are untold. So many blessings. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Amen to Ashley. Just Ashley. It's just a personal thing. I like that. No. Blessing. I feel your blessing. You are a blessed person, and I'm blessed to be in your life. Thank you. I just love going around. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with strategic. 
Mm. Be strategic mm. with what you share to the world. Um, be smart about what you post. And be strategic about the moves that you make. I'm going to go with freedom. I really feel like the moment that we're able to liberate ourselves from lies, negative thoughts, the opinions of others, what's going on, what's going to happen, what about this, da, 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 da. block all that out. Be free. Be free with who you are, what you feel, what you think, and just all that's good will come to that. So I'm going to go with freedom. Mm. Yeah. Oh, don't you all get? Don't y'all feel good? I feel good. I feel don't y'all feel great? I'm so yes, happy. Don't y'all feel you conquer the world for the week? Yes, ma'am. Y'all listen out there, but a conquer the world for the week. Don't let nobody hold you back, yo. I was about to rap. It's like anyway. So <laughs> at with the album Spring 2018. Coming soon. Coming soon, y'all. and Sprite. You know what I'm saying? Featuring Ashley Austin, Michael Waller. Shout out to Damon Hastings who ain't with us tonight, but he's gonna be back not next week, but the week after that. They just moved. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> I'm just the creative director on it. I don't. I'm not spitting nothing, but I I, got, I see the vision. I see the vision. <laughs> e banger. E banger. He's videotyping the e whole thing. E banger on the video. Right. Hey. Got it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Looking real cool behind the camera right now. Black people. Beautiful black people. Yes. Shout out to beautiful, blessed, strategic, free black people. Mm. We are the Seed You Sell podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Y'all stay blessed. Y'all stay beautiful. Y'all stay tr- strategic. And y'all stay free. We love y'all. Peace. <laughs>